this outfit. Can we talk about it? Um, sure. I, uh, I have no idea what possessed me to wear this. I think it's just because I ha- have it. And I was like, when else am I going to wear, wear this? I'm going to be stuck in my house the rest of my life. So When indeed. Um, first of all, you look like a present that I want to unwrap. And I also, my face looks like there's like way too much may, may, may makeup. But, no, uh, perfection. Uh, those of you <sighs> listeners, if you're on the, uh, if you're listening to the audio of this podcast, as I'm sure you are, you can't see Sarah's outfit, but it is truly something to behold. The bow is like, I want to say it's like half a foot for each uh, loop. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, you are a pioneer of Zoom fashion right now. I, that's all I have to say about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, All right. Well, uh, welcome to the Feminine Mistake podcast, uh, a podcast that is about not only Zoom fashion, but also uh, about women's roles in film. We watch movies. We watch your favorite Mm -hmm. movies, maybe movies you grew up with uh, and TV shows. And we talk about uh, the women, female characters in them, how they're portrayed. Do they have agency? Should they have picked up a stick and hit the rat? I don't know. We're going to talk about it. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and today, oh we're... yeah, oh my God, that's exactly what I want to talk. About. I'm sorry. I know, I know, it's on the list. Uh, yeah. uh, and today we have a very special guest. I am so fucking excited uh, uh, to have Justine Gendron. Damn it, did I say it right? Yes, yes, Gendron. Yes, Gendron. Yes, Gendron. I fucking yes. I'm not going to be the person who doesn't say your name correctly. I'm just going to talk about how I almost said it incorrectly, and still say it correctly. Uh, podcaster. Filmmaker Justine Gendron, thank you for being on the show today. Oh my god, I am so excited to be here. It's like you're excited, I'm excited. It's like, how long have we been wanting to do this? Seriously, she's oh like our god. podcast sister. You're like our podcast sister. I'm totally fangirling right now. Uh, <laughs> Justine started her podcast, uh, uh, the Cutaways podcast, the same year that we started the Feminine Say podcast. I feel like we like went on this journey together. Um, Justine is very active in the podcast community and uh, uh, uplifting women podcasters and creating this this, this beautiful community called Lady Pod Squad, which by the way, if you're listening out there and you are looking for podcasts by female podcasters, check out the hashtag Lady Pod Squad. Or if you're a podcaster who's new to the game and looking to connect with other female podcasters, Lady Pod Squad is the place to be. I feel like I've learned so much from the women in that community. So thank you uh, for Thanks. for that. That has been really special and important to us. Well, yeah. I just want to say Lady Pod Squad is not just me. And it's always, I think the core ideal has been about like, you get what you put into it. Like, yeah. Every, it's, it's everybody. It's true. I mean, um, people uh, in that community sharing tips, uh, sharing like things that are difficult to figure out, like sponsorship and equipment and also supporting each other and sharing each other's podcasts, listening to each other's work. And uh, it's been really it's a it's an incredible community. So check it out. I know there I see on Twitter all the time people saying like, hey, I wish there were more female podcasters. I'm looking for female podcasts. If you search the hashtag Lady Pod Squad. Uh, you will be just flooded with with the deluge of incredible uh, female podcasters out there. Okay, so uh, before we get into this movie that we're going to talk about uh, this week, which I am super excited about, uh, uh, what have you gals been watching? Anything you want to talk about that you've been watching? Sure. Oh, I'm sorry. We should let the guests go first. <laughs> or, or whatever. Um, if go for if, it, if go you for got. It. Yeah, go for it, Sarah. 
Um, I recently watched the show Upload that is oh. on Amazon Prime. And um, it is fantastic. It is um, like sci-fi rom-com drum. Ooh. Like it's like all the things combined. It's a sci-rom drum. Maybe? Calm. A dry rom somcom. <laughs> what? Is that a new genre I just created? You said dry. Um, oh, it's, no, it's not dry. It's, it's moist. sci-fi rom-com drum. Okay, okay. Um, and it is like, it deals with big subjects, but does it in a really light and fluffy way. Okay. So basically it's about this man who dies and mm-hmm. he is uploaded to an afterlife have have you heard heard of this show i have i have um i have seen the preview uh on amazon prime probably while watching something that adam driver was in and it i think it just like was like hey maybe you would like to watch something that doesn't have adam driver in it for like i think it's fantastic (laughs) because it's like it seems like oh this is probably just dumb comedy but it's not dumb and it's actually it's, really it's like Greg Daniels, right? Like the guy yes. who did The Good yes. Place and Parks and Rec, right? Yes, okay. correct. And well, that's it got is my definitely, it's definitely has a lot of like jokes that were that are like, oh, this was written by men. Like this is mm-hmm. totally like this show is written by men. Yeah. However, there are lots of fe- fe- female characters. Every episode passes the Bechdel test. Ooh, wow. Um, and it has some very like strong fe- 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 female characters too who are in positions of authority and great um and all of the characters who you don't lo- like at first you end up um empathizing with and liking in a way that's like i didn't want to feel sorry for this person like, but now why? i do damn and you yeah. show exactly and I love, um, I love characters it, like that it ends in this crazy cliffhanger that like my whole family was like what <laughs> like at the, the end of it <laughs> so okay well um, that's a high recommend and you know yeah. I, you know i can only deal with fluffy things right now so yeah it seems like something i can handle <laughs> yeah and it's like sci-fi but it's like not depressing sci-fi it's like the future mm-hmm. of like being able to upload yourself to the cloud when you die so that you have like you could like live eternally. Well, you know that I just want to upload myself to my VR headset and forget the 2020 is even happening. So that <laughs> seems like a pretty apt yeah, fantasy for me to indulge yeah. in right now. And the way that they write, write it and describe it, it's very like, that's exactly how it would be. Like they make jokes and stuff that's like, of course, there'd be like ads all, all the time mm-hmm. there'd be like there'd be like a rich place for for rich people and like a a more like for, for people who are poor like they don't get much um so i don't know it's a great show so okay good recommend uh, i'm gonna put that on my list i am looking for a new thing to watch uh justine do you have anything that you've been watching uh i hope i didn't surprise bring that on you i probably should no 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 um well I feel like the way that I've reacted to quarantine and the pandemic is that I really haven't been able to really want to or just really consume any new things. It's just like, mm, it's new. I, I don't, I, I can't like, I gotta, I'm really reverting back to like what I watched um, in college or even like at home. Mm-hmm. And it's like all food network 
like kitchen nightmares chopped. So comforting. I love a good chopped. Mm -hmm. I love a good chopped. I love watching other people cook. Like I don't want to cook, but I like watching other people cook. Now I do know that you are a person who does cook. Like you bake and stuff. So it's, (laughs) so you actually like live up to that. Whereas I'm just like, wow, that looks great. I wish somebody would make it for me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, So it's all pretty much been about comfort consuming for me in terms of media. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. And also I've heard, uh, I think we, we've talked about this with some other people, uh, that, when you're in a place like this like in this strange place where you're feeling like life is uncertain and uh maybe sad (laughs) that watching something that you've seen before is comforting because it's familiar and there's no stress make you you know it's gonna make you feel good and it's not gonna disappoint you and you know what's gonna happen there's no surprises there's no twists or turns it's all like you've seen it before yeah but that's there's something good about that. I mean, that's probably why I watched nothing but Star Wars for the first like two or three months of this pandemic, just like on repeat, watching the saga over and over and over again. Because yeah, so I was just like, I need that comfort right now. To recap my quarantine watching stuff, I watched all of my 600 pound life. Oh, that's right. It. Did you finish? You finished it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. It was uh it was awful, but um, I did it because I was so like upset that I was like, I just need to see like, because every episode is the same. Mm-hmm. It's just so you know what to expect. Different person, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then I was on a true crime kick for like a month or two. Yeah, that when was, I was that was a whole that was a whole ton, you needed to get out of just like all true crime. And then I was on like a, and and now I'm starting to watch actual shows. I actually also recently watched Glow Up. Have you heard of that show? It's on oh, Netflix. It's, it's the the ma- ma- makeup co- co- competition show. No, I have not seen that. So it's like the Great Great British Baking Show, just from from makeup. Oh, nice. okay. Yeah. I could get into that. Um, I definitely got into watching like makeup tutorials on Instagram for a while, where I was just like watching yeah, every makeup so tutorial. So you should you should watch Glow Up because it's fun and um. It's nice. It's like there's, it's not as nice as the Great British Baking Show. I what I mean is the, mm-hmm. pe- there are some people who are kind of like, eh, but not mm-hmm. too much. Like it's still like a feel good light, uh, show. Anyway, I I watch. No, too much I love enough. it. I'm just look. I love I love true crime. I've just started listening to my favorite murder again. I actually had to take a break from true crime. Because it was too, it was like again, it was too sad. It was too fucking sad, yeah. and I couldn't handle it. Uh, but so, Sarah, I'm glad that you, as much as I love true crime, I'm glad that you have pulled yourself out of the true crime pit because you were How- watching some pretty fucked up stuff for a minute there. <laughs> However, today I watched almost the whole first season of Ozark, which is like crimey. So you might have to back it, back it up there, Sarah. I lost you for a second. Okay. Can you go back and tell yes. me? Yes. Yeah. So I've watched um, almost the whole first season of o- Ozark, which oh. is like crimey, and it's very dark. Just very yeah. dark. Like, I was like, literally I, dark. Like it yeah, looks, it's shot it's, very dark. Yeah. <laughs> and like in Breaking Bad, they had some lightness oh, wow. with the character of Je- Jesse. I feel like mm-hmm. Jesse had some like fun stuff to him. Okay. But there's like no fun character in o- o- Ozark. They're all just like it's sad. It's shot here in Atlanta, by the way. Those of you guys yeah. don't know, that's one of the Atlanta shows. Yeah. So, I mean, it's good, you but. Play spot, you play spot the Atlanta actor on that one. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my So someone who went to my church when I was in me- middle school, she's an actress, and she mm-hmm. has done tons of work in films that have been shot here, and she is the mom of Sam on that show. I don't know if oh. you guys remember. I have it because I, I think that show's about like like a drug drug yes. drug epidemic. Drug Again, shit. I, it's drug shit. I don't look, I like drugs as much as the next guy, but I can't deal with any sad feelings right now. Like I yeah. just can't. I just can't bring yeah. it into, no into my life right now. No sadness. Yeah. Can't do it. I'm sorry that this turned into the show of what Sarah has been wa- wa- I am, wa- I'm here watching. For it. I like it. Um, yeah. I uh i've been watching or i did watch very quickly within like a week i watched the whole thing i watched the umbrella academy oh yeah. right yeah i saw you facebooking about that i was <laughs> facebooking about it i was i was i was posting my every thought about the umbrella academy oh god so sarah it's justine have you watched it you're not watching watched- anything new I watched season one. Like, I haven't been really... Like, I was excited for it to come out, but, like, I still haven't been ready to watch season two yet. I got gotcha. I, I watched gotcha. season one, and then I watched the first episode of season two, and I stopped. I was Why? like, I don't want to... I was like, I don't want to get back into another season of this. I don't know. Like, Why? Just stop. Wow. I, I really it- like season one. Oh, my God. Season two is great. I loved both of them. I, I'm obsessed. I... I just love Klaus. Like Klaus yeah. is a fucking angel. Like he's like a kitten and I I just want to cuddle him. Like he's amazing. Like I just love him so much. And I mean all the actors on that show are fantastic. I love the the music is so good. Like mm-hmm. I, I know I'm not saying anything revelatory here because it's a very popular show, but basically, you know, Chris and I had finished watching Fleabag. Um, and I, we were like looking for a new show to watch and I put it out to the internet. I was like, Hey, what should we watch? And most people recommended the Umbrella Academy. Um, I, you know, I do like genre stuff. Like that's the kind of stuff that I'm into. I'm not as much into superhero stuff as other folks are, but it's not a typical superhero show. Like it's more about the relationships. Um, and also I just think the cast is phenomenal and I love things that are a puzzle like a puzzle done the right way. Like yeah. you don't really know what's going on and they're dropping you hints and uh, and they're, you're figuring out as you go along. And as long as the mystery is solved in a satisfactory way, uh, then I'm pretty happy with it. So I would say, Sarah, maybe give it a little time and then come back to season two. Season two is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a period piece set in the 1960s, which yeah. gives it a sort of a fresh... Yeah, I think what it was is I had just finished binging the first season in like three days or something. And then I saw the first episode of season two and I was like, oh, this is a whole thing. Like, this is a whole other like thing that I have to do. I need a whole, it's a whole, I think you'll be pleased with where they take the show. Um, I love Klaus's storyline in season two. Klaus and Ben in season two are just like, "Mm, I love them so much. I love them so much. Um, okay. Well, I'm not going to say too much then because you guys need to watch season two. So I would say, I'm not going to say anything else. Definitely watch it. God, that kid who plays five is so fucking good. Like, how? Oh my God. How does he exist? Right to be so good (laughs) at his age at acting. Seriously. Like, his, like, wow. That kid is going to an Emmy, a gold, gold, golden globe. I don't know what. Like, 
he got that kid right away. Like he doesn't even need to act. He doesn't need to do anything on broad. Just he got him. Just go ahead and give it to him. Mm-hmm. Just give it to him for he, just he can re- 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 retire now. I mean, like he's just great. <laughs> well, I hope not. I hope he continues I know, I'm just to kidding. do more excellent work as time goes yeah. on. Um, shall we talk about this movie that we all watched? What? What film is it? What film? What, what is film it? you say? Uh, why this month on the <laughs> podcast we are talking about the classic, The Princess Bride. How nice. should we? E- I was worried. Should we even touch this movie? I was worried to even tread on the hollowed ground of. The oh my Princess gosh! Bride. This is what 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 my mom said. Um, when I told her we were doing The Princess Bride, she was like, oh, "You're gonna shit on The Princess Bride." <laughs> I would never shit on The Princess Bride. <laughs> Look, I, if if. if you're listening to the show and you're worried that we're going to shit on the princess bride i'm not here to shit on the princess bride it is one of my absolute favorite movies and we'll talk about that in a minute like what our feelings are were about the movie before the show but i do think there's and i also know that the movie has been talked about a lot before like we're not the first people or certainly not the first podcasters to talk about the princess bride but i'm hoping that what we will bring is some different things to the conversation that haven't been said before and i do think there's a lot here to talk about um so rest assured tell your mom we're not going to shit on it we will <laughs> do a little bit of deep thinking i mm-hmm. hope that's okay oh yes for uh, sure. but she I, she was jo- joking she wasn't I actually know. upset <laughs> i don't know that we've ever fully shit on a movie except for love story which deserved to oh, be shit on deserved well that deserved. movie deserved it uh but i don't think we've ever really shit on a movie even movies that were that were kind of bad uh, maybe She Devil. We did shit on She Devil a little bit. Although uh, Hillary Hillary loved She Devil. <laughs> yeah, she did. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, we're talking about the Princess Bride today. Um, and all month. And I'm actually fucking psyched about it. I, I literally watched the movie. I mean, I've seen it hundreds of times. Oh, uh, are we and gonna I talk watched- talk about how we saw Yes, it? we like- will. We will, okay. we will. Okay. Uh, so, uh, why don't we do that before we get into the film? So, uh, let's, we're going to talk, I'd love to hear everybody's experience with the film prior to this podcast, having to watch it for the show. Uh, why don't we start with our guest, Justine? What is your history? What is your relationship history with the movie, The Princess Bride? So The Princess Bride is one of my favorite movies. I have previously covered it on The Cutaways, but I have completely forgotten. Yeah. Forgotten everything I said then. That was a million years ago. <laughs> um, but it's definitely a movie that I feel has just always existed in my life. I can't pinpoint the first time I watched it. It's just, mm-hmm. it's there. I was born with it. It's a part of me sort of thing. Um, it's definitely like uh, big in my family. Like this movie reminds me of two people one is my dad because he'll just quote it to me constantly Mm -hmm. and the other is my first boyfriend in high school because of course I don't know why like I I I liked it my whole life but like definitely going through like the puberty first relationship sort of thing it kind of like harkens back to that and I remember in high school I did a book report on the book at the same time so I I read the book oh you also read the book that's excellent yeah yeah. Yeah. And um so like my my boyfriend knew that I was like really into it. He made me a, a build a bear that na- name was Wesley and spelled correctly oh for me. Oh my god. <laughs> that is the most romantic thing I've ever heard. <laughs> so yeah, it's been like a big movie in my life. And, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh Sarah, 
Uh, what about you? Yo, my name is Sarah. Just kidding. <laughs> um, wow, that's a different so, show than I was expecting. I didn't sorry. know we were coming in with that saucy attitude. Um, so The Princess Bride, it came out when I was net, net, negative one. Um, negative one. So, so a, were you a year utero? before I was, uh, maybe, I don't know what time of year it was. It's fine. Um, I was not born, born yet. So, um, but then I first saw it, I think I was like five mm-hmm. and I don't remember, remember the first time I saw it, but I remember being six in first grade. And one day, um, we, we watched it in class as like a, something to do when, we don't have something to. I don't know. Like I don't know why we watched The Princess Bride in Wait, first you grade. You watched but it in school. In first grade, yeah, in school. Wow. I mean, that sounds fucking cool, but I don't know under what context. <laughs> I know an educational film. <laughs> I, th- I think I it feel was like, like your teacher was like, "I don't feel like teaching today. Here, yeah. let's watch The Princess Bride." Yeah, it was. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, but I was just like, "This is so cool," and um, I loved that it was about her. And I was like, because like back then, I mean, even today, like there are like few films that were like that were named about the the female character. I mean, even though That's it was an like interesting way to think about it, I guess I don't I know. I was really like, it's about that. the Princess Bride, like, and she does has this whole thing, and I don't mm-hmm. know. So like, that's what I thought when I was six. Ah, interesting, interesting point of view on that. Um, okay. Uh, well, I too. Uh, this movie, uh, in terms of its importance in my life, it's very important. Um, not only have I seen it hundreds of times, but I saw it when it came out in the theater. So it came wow. out in 1987. Uh, I was, uh, I would have been eight, eight, seven or eight, something like that. Um, and my, I remember, I remember going to see it in the theater. I remember being very scared during the part with the shrieking eels. Mm. Um, and I remember being a little confused about some of the uh, more like adult adult humor. Um, and I loved it. Um, I remember everybody in the theater and I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but spoilers, if you haven't seen 1987's A Princess, <gasps> The Princess Bride, uh, I remember everyone in the theater cheering when Indigo, um, you know, after he did you just say Indigo? Ring- <laughs> yeah, that's his name. Inigo. It's it's at, well yes when he says it with the accent but the it, if you've read the book then the name of the character is Indigo, is it? Yeah, I didn't that's know how it's written in the book. Am I wrong, Justine? It's been a long time. I mean, you do book. hear it both ways in the movie. Yeah, in fact, hear- all the white people say Indigo. I think. Yeah. Uh, oh. But I mean, he's saying it with a Spanish accent, which I am ready to. I'm ready. I'm going to be digging into that for sure. The accent. Um, but uh, anyway, when he gets up and starts fighting back. I mean, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I remember the whole audience cheering when that happened. Uh, and uh, it's been a movie that I've loved. Uh, my, we used to actually, we our house when I was growing up was on a hill. It wasn't a very big hill. It was pretty small hill but uh my friends and i used to roll down the hill and and uh, and play that scene yes where they go down the hill <laughs> um that was a game we used to do like after school it was just like roll down the hill saying as you wish um so and, and i most recently watched it with my kids so i reintroduced the film to my kids and then today i watched it right before the show uh i watched it and took a bunch of notes uh right before the show so uh very 
big movie for me. Uh, definitely something that inspired my, uh, ignited my imagination as a kid. And I watched it a lot. I mean, I know I have the whole movie memorized, basically. Yeah, same. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that uh, that's our experience with the film The Princess Bride prior to the podcast. So let's get into talking about this movie. The house is a mess, Jack. The kids are a mess, Jack. You're a mess, Jack. You have been a total bitch ever since you came to New York. You seem so distant. Let's just do it, man. You look stupid and rich. Stupid and stupid and rich. Fascist. All right, let's get into it. All right, uh, The Princess Bride, 1987, uh, directed by Rob Reiner, uh, also produced by Rob Reiner, executive produced by Norman Lear. Yeah. And written uh, by William Goldman, yeah, who wrote the book as well. Yeah, I have the book, but I've never read the book. Uh, Justine, what were you, what do you think about the book? When was, has, has it been a while since you've read it? Yeah, I think the last time I read it was in high school but definitely watching Mm -hmm. it it makes me only think about like the bad parts of the book (laughs) all like the negative things (laughs) yeah I remember thinking because when I read the book I want to say I was pretty young so I was probably like 12 or 13 when I read the book uh and that was many decades ago but I remember thinking like wow this is way more way less interesting than the movie <laughs> it's a downer yeah it's a sad book and it's not funny uh is it a it's kid's not book? funny the way no it's i mean it had book? good parts no 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 it's not a book for kids it is i mean it's a fantasy book but it lacks the humor and the whimsicalness of the movie okay. not to say that the book is bad i just mean the tone i'm very impressed or I don't know if impress is the right word. I'm shocked, frankly, when I think about it, how different the tone of the book is from the movie. I feel like Rob Reiner had to have had a lot to do with that. But but the guy who wrote the book wrote the movie. So he was obviously on board with adjusting the tone. But that all that all the jokiness is really not present in the book. And and maybe this is because I saw it when I was a kid, but it seems like a kid's film. Like it seems it like is. it's a kid's I think. film. Yeah. I mean, what I lo- I think, and uh, uh, here's what I'll say before we dig into this discussion is that, and we joked about this in the intro, but I'm not, we're, we're going to definitely take a, like a, a thinky look. We're going to thinky thinky about this movie and, and the, the writing of it for sure. And the themes and all that. But I think we, it's a pretty clear that all of us love this movie. And so we're not here to shit on it, but I think there are certainly things that we can look at in this film that, um, we can reflect on uh but i think there's a lot of things that we'll find ourselves uh praising as well i mean it's a wonderful movie it's every every time i watch it i am i am in awe of the writing like the dialogue the reason it's so quotable is because the movie is beautiful like the writing is beautiful the dialogue is so funny and so well composed. It's really brilliant. But if it was written by the same person who wrote the book and the book is like, eh, how did that No, the book's happen? not bad. I'm not saying the book is bad. I mean, Justine, maybe. I don't know how you feel about the book. <laughs> They're just different. They're different. I just have problems with like when I watch the movie now, I think about the ending of the book. Ooh, we'll you have to what, talk frankly, about that. I, Justine, let's talk about that when we get to the ending because I c- cannot remember the end of the book. All I remember about the book is that it was much s- slower and that there was a very long 
section that was all about Indigo and how he trained. What I remember about the book is that it really plays into like how the beginning is like Buttercup was really dumb. She was so dumb. She named her horse horse. Yeah. 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 Excuse me. If there's anything to say about this movie that is pointing out what is not feminist about it, which there's a lot. The book is a hundred times worse. Like Buttercup is dumb and selfish, if I recall, in the book. She's stupid. She's stupid and beautiful and selfish. Do you think Will William Golden was an incel? (laughs) Maybe. Or just just your normal man conditioned to think that women, that female characters should be written that way. Or maybe he was making, I mean, I do think that the book and the movie are meant to be a subversive look at fairy tales. Yeah. And so I think the idea that the princess is dumb and selfish is part of that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of other people, their characters get subverted and they come out looking a little better than that. But aren't fairy t- <laughs> in fairy tales, the princesses usually are dumb and, and selfish. It, it wouldn't, uh, wouldn't, uh, I would uh, go as far, so far to say as they're even, much to say about their intelligence level at all they're usually just a, a an ornament to be passed around i think that's in true. most fairy tales although it, there are a lot of fairy tales where princesses are, uh, come out on top because of cleverness mm. yes that's true that does happen a lot so you so that's something we can say about it um yeah well justine i'd love to hear about your thoughts about the book at the end, and especially if you can, if you'll jog my memory, I don't fucking remember the end of that book at all. I do remember being disappointed at the end of the book, but I can't recall why because I obviously blocked it out. I'm like, I want to tell you now, but we'll wait. No, let's hold. Let's hold. Okay, so here's what we're gonna do, uh, Justine. If you 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 didn't have to take any notes on this at all, uh, but if you did, you're you, good. You didn't have to. Uh, Sarah and I take right down like we jot down like ten or so things. Five, we're supposed to write down five, five things, but it's always more than five things <laughs> because sometimes Sarah will say something that I was going to talk about, but we jot down a list of high points that we want to discuss. And that's kind of, so we don't even necessarily go in order, but it does tend to go in order. But uh, Sarah, what you got on your list of things that you'd like to talk about? So the first thing is Wesley yes. and how can when, we talk about it? Yeah. So when I we was talk about his hair. Oh God! Yeah, yes. his hair is great. <laughs> so when I was a kid, I thought he was very dream, dream, dreamy, and I thought mm-hmm. he was like because he was so dreamy that he was like a good person and mm-hmm. sweet and stuff. I just kind of like pro- mm-hmm. projected that. Ooh. But um, when I watched it this time, the scene where they the one time that that they talk before mm-hmm. he dies, um, mm-hmm. he seems so flat and almost like unemotional and almost Are sociopathic you about the opening or yes, when he the, rescues her the opening okay when so they're talking in the, he, oh yeah i'm he sorry dies. i was confused i thought you meant before he dies in the pit of despair no you're no, talking I'm sorry about before, yeah before he beginning. before he go, go, goes off so like she's talking and what's her name um buttercup no 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 the actress uh robin, robin right robin Wright just has this genuine and just Mm -hmm. depth and Mm -hmm. uh strength and he Mm -hmm. just gave her flat uh lifeless like 
kind of like almost me i don't know i got the like this like sociopathic kind of dead eyes from him this time you did yes because he was charming and now because of certain people i've had in my life that have been charming and have been narcissists and sociopaths Mm -hmm. i now associate that kind of vibe with that and so i got a bad vibe from him this time did that carry with you to the rest of the, the movie or just through that opening scene? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, 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 wow. I had, I did not have like you're, that is totally valid. Uh, and I, and I feel like, and, and, and I think we all bring in our own experiences with us when we watch a movie. I did not have that feeling. And in fact, I remember thinking when I was a kid that I was, I thought Indigo was much more interesting when I was a kid than Wesley. Ooh. And now as an adult woman, I find Wesley to be fucking hot. Like so fucking, like I did not remember when I, so I had watched this movie with my kids a couple months ago, which was one of the reasons I suggested to Sarah that we do this film. And I was like, I I know he was cast for this reason, but I don't remember him being that hot. Like his hair, his eyes, like his smirk. And also I, I I do think I think that what I see in the opening scene with Wesley is that, and I want to, I really want to get into this due to this sort of, and I didn't notice this as much, uh, obviously when I was a kid, there's a whole thing about class, Mm -hmm. like socioeconomic class in this movie because of the class level he was at, he wasn't allowed to be in love with her. I feel like. And so he's always, I feel like Wesley is holding back a lot of his feelings for her. And I feel like I really see that in his, like, I think he's meant to be a little bit of a beautiful farm boy in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But I do see that conflict with him when every time he says, as you wish, like, I don't know, it just makes me melt. And yeah, he is just like going up to her, just like exuding sex through his eyes. Just like, that's that's the thing. That's the, that's the sex thing. When a guy turns on the sex face, like, I instantly am just like, nope, shut that sh- sh- shit down. Yeah. Like <laughs> I fucking the shit out of her when he gets that picture down. So yes. that's, I, I, th- I think that's interesting, Nicole, that you said you didn't realize he was hot until now. Like Wesley is no. the first character that I like. I was five years old and I was like, fuck, that guy's hot. <laughs> like, no, seriously, I was like, oh, what's yeah. What is this? No, what yeah, are these he sens- was sensations hot. I'm having? What, what are these fee- fee- so feelings? So you're saying that. Wesley gave you your sexual awakening. Yes. As, yes. Fair enough. And now you're like, I don't want none of that picture. You keep that picture to yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I mean, I feel the opposite. Uh, I didn't. I don't know that I was attracted to anyone in this movie when I was a kid. Not that I didn't get. It. I mean, I you know my I I my heart belonged to Han Solo and Han Solo only in the Han 1980s. Solo for sure. Um, but. And weirdly, Peter Venkman, but we can talk about that on another show. Who, who um, played? Who played that? Bill Murray. Bill Murray, no. I no! I like the funny. I like the funny guys. What can I say? I like the funny ones. Um. So, but I I felt I like the I felt the steam coming off of Wesley in the opening scene. Like I'm into it. Like he can get that picture down for me anytime is what I'm saying. And what I'm <laughs> and saying I, is I'm not falling for that shit again. I get it. But I feel like if you look at what his, his actions in the rest of the movie, I think that that character is, and I want to talk um, a lot ab- about 
what goodness and what evil and how they're represented in this movie. That's definitely something I want to talk about. But I feel like the, the his, I think the one thing that is a bit of a crack in that veneer of goodness is the way that he talks to her right after he rescues her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. From Vincini. And I want to talk about that since we're already here. Uh, one of the things on my list, and I want to hear from everybody what they think about this, is that uh, after he rescues her from Vincini, he uh, basically accuses her of not being faithful to to him, yeah. to Wesley. Because at the time, of course, we don't know it's Wesley. It, we think it's the man. We just know him as the man in black at that point. But he's accusing her of not being faithful and basically saying that Wesley died the it's good that wesley died because thank god he never knew that she was this unfaithful i mean he doesn't what, what words he use uh he base I, I he basically says he never uses any words he okay, never call okay. and that's i think part of his honor system he never says anything derogatory towards mm-hmm. her but he does say you are he basically call he says she's a liar and that she was is unfaithful and that she and basically implies that she immediately took up with this prince, even though it's been five years. Jesus. And she probably uh, didn't take up with him. Like the prince probably came and took he her. He did take her. Yes. So I want to hear from you guys. Is Wesley in that moment? Is he too hard on her or is he just is that just his jealousy talking? Like what? How do we feel about the way he speaks to her before she pushes him down the hill? I think that we see like how piracy has changed him, mm-hmm. like as a person. He's not like a meek person anymore. Yeah. Um. So I do think like that's important to kind of just show like what he's been through. I don't think he's questioning if she's like done anything untowards but only questioning mm-hmm. the promise of love right although she says i don't love him like immediately she's like i'm uh Pr- humperdinck is gonna get you yeah and he's like well your your love the the your love uh is he's no match for me or whatever and she's like i don't love him and yeah well because that's the phrase he's caught up on that's mm-hmm. why he says it first he's like oh you're true love mm-hmm. right Right, 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 right. And she said, I never said that I loved him. Um, but yeah, he like implies that she's this like tawdry, like, I mean, it. it the thing is, this is kind of a kid's movie, so they never get into the sex of it. Like they don't talk about sex, but he does basically imply that she has been unfaithful to him, I feel like. Right. That's what he's mm-hmm. getting at. Yeah. Um. So you don't think so? Justine, you're, sh- you're shaking uh... your head. So you think it's more of a emotional thing than a physical thing that he's implying i think that yeah he's he's doing a lot of extreme actions to try to get this out of her Mm -hmm. truthfully but Mm -hmm. i think he is just accusing her of uh saying that she would love him forever and then not because i think that holds true to like the the themes and morals of the film Oh, absolutely. Like, this is a film that believes in love as the most important thing above all other things. Um, But I do also think, like, what was he expecting in this world that a woman would, after five years, not have to be married to someone? Like, it wasn't her choice. 
he the prince came in and said i pick you and also like in this world it feels like women don't really have any control over their choices so i don't know what he would expect after five years that she wouldn't be married especially if yeah, everyone she thought clapped back dead. at him. Fuck yeah, she should have clapped back at him. I mean, Didn't she does. She? she said, "You were dead." Well, doesn't she doesn't she clap back at Wesley. Dead? She claps back a little at at the when she before she realizes it's him. She does. Well, yes, of course, but she does to be. the the person in front 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 of her say that Wesley was dead. Like, and she pushes him down a very large. Yeah, hill, yeah. Which, I think is one of the few times that she shows agency in this movie at all. So my problem with him saying that is like, yeah, he shouldn't be jealous. That's not fair. But also like he has no right to be upset with her because he, as he tells her after they find out like he's what, what, what Wesley, um, he's like, so I was with the red dread, dread, and then he like stepped mm-hmm. down and I took his place and he retired. And, he got a nice severance package. Yeah. And so I'm like, in all of that time and no, no time during the five years, could you have extricated yourself or found a way out? And now you're telling, but, but buttercup that she was unfaithful. Like, there had to have been some way for you to get back to her. I don't know. I just didn't believe that. I get that. I get that. Um, and I, I understand the level of emotion that he's feeling, but it does feel a little bit uncharacteristically mean and considering he, the way he treats her in the the rest of the movie i don't know i guess it was that need in the script for the high drama yeah of like you know how dare you you tawdry woman yeah yeah taking up with prince humperdinck who's i don't think a heterosexual man but we'll get yeah, to that in no. a moment <laughs> i'm glad i'm not the only one who saw that um so that that brings me to a question. How long do you think he was following her before he decided to step in? Like, was it, did he just so happen to be following her the moment she got kidnapped? Or has he been lurking around in the woods for a while? Because it seems pretty convenient that he's suddenly on a boat and following them the moment yeah. she gets kidnapped. I think he probably got on the move when he heard that she would be marrying Humberdick because Humberdick announced it. He was like, so mm. this is going to be your new queen. Like when we're going to get married right. and the the word spread and then he mm-hmm. probably pursued her. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. I don't know. What do you think, Justine? Um, I think that makes sense, but it doesn't when you think of that timeline because mm-hmm. Humperdinck said that he was going to have her killed the night of the announcement of the engagement first which was that Mm. day Mm -hmm. did he interesting i guess i hadn't considered that yeah he announces it to the community and then she the next thing we see is her on a horse riding so i wonder if like she's been at the castle for a while maybe i do think it would make sense that he would come back if he knew that she was getting married but it's also like i mean where have you been bro yeah Yeah. like i mean 
Yeah. Plus, like, it, it, it's not her choice. It's not her choice to get ma- ma- no, married. No, but again, that's why I think this is his jealousy talking, where it's like it becomes irrational. Like, it's not her choice. And it's been five years. It's been five years, and everyone thought you were dead. And it's a little bit much for him, him to come in and start accusing her of things at that point. But I think that's just the the hurt talking, you know, which he which they both seem to get over pretty quickly. Yeah. yeah. As as, <laughs> Nobody seems to be holding a grudge after yeah, no. that roll down the hill. But which d- did not look fun, by the way. Um, can we s- just take a moment to talk about all the stunt people Stunts, that you can clearly yes. see with yes. like wearing wigs yes (laughs) or like did you guys notice we actually i stopped it today a couple of times did you notice when they're climbing up the cliff of insanity that when it's when they cut to the wide shot because obviously almost all of this is on a sound stage right yeah so it's like matte paintings as far as the eye can Mm -hmm. see no judgment there that's just how things were shot in the 80s all the lighting is perfectly constructed (laughs) There's no natural light anywhere. Yeah. Uh, but when they do cut to the on location shot of the Cliffs of Insanity, like it's clearly a stunt guy wearing a wig, but also with two dummies strapped to his body. Yes. I didn't notice clearly. that. No. <laughs> it made me laugh so hard. We were wound it like four times just to watch him like climbing up there yeah. with these dummies like suspended from his body. It's like, I also now like that we have HD, you can't get end. away with that shit. Huh? <laughs> I also like the stump people at the end on the horses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Clearly not them. Or like, it reminds me of, you know that scene in Spaceballs where they get swapped with the stunt people and it's like men that are dressed, like there's a man dressed as the princess. Like when they roll down the hill and you see her like rolling, I'm like, it's exactly that. It's just, it's hilarious. (laughs) Um, Sarah, what else you got on your list? Um, Let me see. I'd also like to say that Peter Falk's old age makeup is fucking absurd. Absurd. Like that you can in the close up right before he leaves after he says like as you wish to Fred yeah. Savage, his hair is a different totally different color. They obviously like put gray in it. Yeah, like, why did all they in put it and then all the fake mustache. Why did they just cast a character an actor that was old enough? He was old. He was old when he did this movie but they were like no, he's got to be like white hair old. <laughs> Okay. Um, <laughs> I liked the three um, trials, I guess. The Ooh, yes, let's trial talk about the by, real trials. The trial by um, swordplay and then mm-hmm. strength and then yep. brains, wits. Yes. Wits. Um, I liked, it reminded me of Harry, Harry, Harry Potter, like Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone when like Harry and Hermione and Ron have to go through all those, mm-hmm. those tests, mm-hmm. you know? Oh, of course, yes. this came first. So really, that reminds me of this. But uh, the notion of going through trials is a pretty uh, common thing in these types of films and stories. Yeah. And uh, every and of course, there's the rule of three where you got to do everything three times. That makes sense. Um, that brings me to one of my points, which is that there is a notion of how honorable people fight in this movie and yes. how dishonorable people fight. Yes. And... Uh, so mm-hmm. there it's basically gentlemen's rules like you watch the fight between Indigo and, and Wesley and they not only does he wait for him to well he throws him the rope first of all waits for him to 
relax, like get a breath in before he actually yeah. fights him. When they're sword fighting, nobody stabs anyone in the back. They wait for each other. It's more of a dance than a fight. Yeah. Oh, um, I love the choreography. It's just like, it's so choreographed. Oh, it's so, but, it's so but great. But they make but, but fun of it. They make fun the of the that it's so choreographed. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, what was that old uh, 20s actor, Douglas Fairbanks, who used to do all the old... Um, Justine, you're a film school person. You can you can help me out there. Douglas Fairbanks, right? That was the guy that did all the yeah. silent film swashbuckling movies. I feel like it was kind of an homage to that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, the violence in this movie, when perpetrated by the good guys, is based on a set of rules that everyone yeah. follows. And even Fezzik, you know, when he throws the rock to, to alert Wesley to his presence, says, you know, when... when uh, Vincini is like just hit him with a rock and he's like my way doesn't seem very sportsmanlike like everybody's yeah. all the good guys have a set of rules that they're going to follow um whereas and, and in th- fact, those later, two don't die because the, right yeah but also even later when they get out of the fire swamp and uh Wesley's been surrounded by the count and his men and the count is like let's get you to his ship one of the things Wesley says is we are men of action lies do not become us because that is what mm-hmm. how the good guys, even the pirate and the swordsman and the giant all behave under those rules. But then when you but Prince Humperdinck will lie and take any advantage he can. And the count will throw a sword in your gut when you're not looking. But so also it's like don't the, don't forget the third guy who died. Vincini. As well. Yeah, who yeah, also yeah. who swaps the, the cups yes. when he's not looking? I said that yeah. in quotes. Yeah. If you can't, you know, if you're not watching the vidcast, because obviously Wesley is fully aware <laughs> that he's switching the cups. There's no yeah. way he's not aware of that. But yeah, everybody in the movie who fights dirty is somebody we would consider to be a bad guy. Uh, so even a pirate who's supposed to be a bad guy becomes a good guy because he follows a set of gentlemen's rules, basically about violence in this movie. Anyway. I like that. It's kind of like when you watch it as a kid, you don't know it, but you understand it that like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I'm rooting for these people. But you don't know yeah. why. Yeah. I mean, if you look at them on paper, Indigo, Fezzik and Wesley should be the bad guys. They are. Uh, and, and again, this, you know, we haven't really gotten into class or classism, but all three of them are of a lower class. Wesley starts out as a farm boy. He has got a, the whole reason he's got to leave is because he's not at a class level where he can actually marry Buttercup. He's got to go find some money and raise his stature first. And then he becomes a pirate, which is like the, one of the lowest of the low, right? The pirate pirates are bad guys. They're hooligans. They're scoundrels. They steal, they kill, you know, uh, Fezzik and Indigo are just muscle for hire, basically. Like, Indigo's an assassin. That's what he is, really. He goes around killing people for Vincini. And Fezzik is just a, 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 the brute squad, if yeah. you, as it were. Uh, so all of those guys, should not they should not be our heroes. But because we see them making choices that are of a certain, on a certain end of the moral compass, they become the heroes, even though in another fairy tale, they would be not the heroes. They would be the bad guys we're fighting against. Which I think is part of that subversion of your usual fairy tale. The prince is supposed to be the hero. Mm-hmm. 
but he's not. Anyway, Sarah, what else you got on your list? Let's see. Um, I, uh, I don't know if this is skipping ahead, but the pit of despair, is that skipping ahead too far? Uh, Oh, let's talk about it. What happens in between? A lot of stuff happens. Well, the fire swamp. So maybe we'll circle back to that. Fire swamp. Before before we get there, there is one thing. Since we've been talking about the Cliffs of Insanity, I just want to talk about how Wesley is such a saucy bitch that he is going (laughs) to, he's going to leave his job, climb the Cliffs of Insanity, almost get murdered by three different people just to fight with his girlfriend. Yeah. Yep. Like that's that's some petty ass shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> so I just wanted to acknowledge the yes. level of pettiness and say that I respect it. So yeah, the I guess the thing I wanted to talk about in the pit of despair was something you mentioned earlier with the um rodent of unusual size. We got to talk about the fire swamp because mm-hmm. all right, in fact, I think let's talk about Buttercup. Okay. Because she is really our own, I mean, she's not the only female character we have in this movie, but she might as well be. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Buttercup. Uh, who anybody anybody want to jump in here? What do, what how do we feel about Buttercup and her place in this story? So I feel like she is the way Ra, 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 Robin Wright portrays her is very strong, mm-hmm. very strong willed yep. and sharp and smart and um takes no bullshit however what she actually does is she waits for wesley to come save her Mm -hmm. and it's like it's like it was written for her to be like to wait around but the way robin plays her is very strong Mm -hmm. so like yes I don't know. Yeah, no, I think uh, for sure. Uh, Justine, any thoughts on on that? Or your thoughts on Buttercup? Made, should yeah. they be different? She's also very... She believes everything that people tell her. It's She's true. naive. Uh, yeah, she is naive. I mean, the fact that she believes that they're going to not kill Wesley yeah. after the fire swamp. I think maybe that's what she wants. You know, yeah. she wants to live in a world where, I mean, she wants to live in a world where things are fair and the yeah. other guys and the, and the, and, and the guys that she's dealing with are just not about fairness. You no. know, she does um, see in his eyes. And, um, at one point near the end in the prince's eyes, she was like, you didn't call the ships or like, you didn't send yeah. the let the let the letter or like, well, yeah. what happens is he says that they're going to this whole armada is going to join them after the bridal, like after the wedding. And she's like, except for your four fastest ships. Right. And he looks at her like, like, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, yeah, as most men do when they make a promise. And they forget, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what they said. Uh, and she's like, you know, you're the four fastest ones that you sent to get Wesley. And he's like, oh, yeah, totally, babe. Yes, absolutely. My four fastest, obviously. And that's when she realizes that he didn't, uh, didn't yeah. send those ships at all. Um but uh, here's what I think. Of, so here's what I think about Buttercup. And I think Justine and I've already, already mentioned that she's far better served in this movie than she is in the book. Um, but I think Buttercup and I honestly didn't even 
see this as clearly until I started watching these movies with my daughter. So my daughter, Charlotte, who you can't put any bullshit past her, my 10 year old, uh, she watched, uh, of course, she's watched all the Star Wars movies with us. Uh, she watched Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark with us. Um, she's watched Princess Bride. So a bunch of stuff from the 80s, Goonies. And her complaint is always the lack of female power, as she calls it. And I think that Buttercup is of a tradition of women written by men in the 80s whose only weapon is her is her tongue, I should say, her wit. Mm -hmm. Uh, Buttercup speaks in a way that is strong and decisive, but her actions do not. She doesn't act in a way. She doesn't act at all, really. She doesn't have any agency. She doesn't have any control over what she does in the fire swamp. And, and this tradition goes with, I would say, Marion. Like, when I grew up, like, we were told that these were strong women. And at the time, what I keep telling my daughter is, this is what we had. You know, like, this is what this is what we were given. Uh, Marion from the Indiana yeah. Jones, same thing. Like, we're, she's a strong woman, but she doesn't do anything. She has to be rescued. You know? Yeah. Uh, even now, I think Princess Leia of all of those has more agency than most, but she also in a lot of ways falls in that category. But speaking of princess Leia, like she was, that was also a movie when I was a kid that I was like, she's the only character I can play. Like, I know. Anyway, keep going. I mean, at least, at least princess Leia was like a fucking general, like, you know, uh, commanding an army. So she was a bit of a badass there for that reason, but she does still have to be, you know, uh, she, she, I mean, she's better than most for sure. And, 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 but that was what we had at that time. And I think Buttercup, I mean, Buttercup dump, jumps out of the boat when she's trying to escape from Vincini and those guys, but in the fire swamp, like Wesley is full on being attacked by a giant rodent and she doesn't do anything. Yeah, like she no. doesn't pick up a stick. She doesn't throw a rock at it. Like, like I nothing. am on my couch, like screaming, like do something. And I'm like, I'll get in there. I'll get in there. Like, come like, on. Sarah in there. Sarah will fuck that rat, rat up. I mean, that's what my daughter was saying too. She's like, why isn't she doing anything? The rat is coming right towards her. She doesn't even move. I mean, Buttercup behaves in this movie, I think, like a normal person would. Like, if you put me in the fire swamp, I'm going to stand there like a fucking idiot, like not yeah. doing anything. What? But this is a fairy tale. Yeah. I mean, I might run. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, she's scared. She, she's never seen anything like that before. Right. If a eel was coming at me, I'd probably be frozen, too. But this is but the, a the fucking movie. Is attacking the person she loves. Sarah, like, I love I you. Would... But if a giant rat was attacking you, I would probably like call an exterminator but i don't know if i would be able to get involved <laughs> okay if, i'm if just not giant, qualified i am not qualified i was attacking someone i loved i would get in there i would i would hit it with a stick i believe I it, it i believe it i mean i'd probably I, try to at least pick up a stick for sure yeah i do wish that this was built into more of a character arc for her because yeah. you see she's inactive inactive but Sadly, the time when she chooses to be active at the end is when she wants to kill herself. Exactly. Yeah, again, yeah. which is an action. Like she doesn't try to like she doesn't try to kill Humperdinck. Like I agree, Justine. I think it would have been a great arc for her, especially in the in the st- structure of this narrative where we're subverting a fairy tale. If you have a princess who needs to be rescued, who needs to be rescued, who needs to be rescued, and then ends up after her wedding 
taking trying to take some action, whether or not it whether or not she's successful in it, trying to do something would have been a huge character development. Whereas nothing really develops for her at all. No. She starts the movie as a as a sort of a woman that needs to be rescued. And that's where she ends the movie. It doesn't really change for her at all. Whereas everyone else in the movie goes through some kind of change. Except for maybe Fezzik. Why is it called The Princess Bride then? Because it's about an, an, an object that everyone's trying to obtain, which is Buttercup. Truth. Like, that's uh, why I thought your point of view about the title was so interesting. Because oh, I don't I think six. the movie is a... Yeah. Well, yeah. The movie's not about her. It's about the acquisition of her. Yes. Yes. And again, listeners, we love this movie. It's yeah. brilliantly written. It's funny. It's well acted. It's I I feel nothing but good feelings when I watch this. But as a grown woman and a filmmaker, I can sit here and look at it and go, this movie was not written with the idea of giving a, a the female character any kind of agency or purpose beyond being rescued by the men in the movie. Yeah. Honestly. Yep. Tossed around from good guy to bad guy. That's what Buttercup is, really. Passed back and forth. That's it. But her and Wesley have good chemistry, so I do enjoy yeah. that part of it. Sarah, you're so sad. I feel like I just shit. <laughs> your mom, I'm, I I broke my promise to your mom. I shit on this movie, didn't no, I? No, no, no. You didn't. I am shit, 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 shit. Hitting on this mo- 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 movie. I'm shitting on w- Wesley. Wesley. It's not Wesley's fault. I mean, Wesley gives her more. Uh, I think Wesley would have whisked her off and made her a lady pirate. I mean, shit. I honestly think Wesley was going to take her from that fire swamp right to the ship. And and they were going to go off together and fucking rob rich people together. You know what I mean? Now that's a narrative for 2020 that I need. <laughs> Yeah. Buttercup and Wesley just marauding the landscape, robbing rich people. That's the story I want to see. There you go. I, I think Wesley thought she was capable of more than other people in this movie. That's why he takes her into the swamp, you know? Now, because if, if he thought that she couldn't handle it, they, there's no way they would have even tried. But he did, He's, like, lift her and, like, push her around and, like, carry. And, like, he didn't, he seemed to always have his eye eye on her in the swamp well he should i think she proved with that rat that she yeah was not not ready to get in the mix yeah, yeah. i mean she steps right into the only quicksand hole nearby like she is not looking where she's going remotely yep and then he saves her from that of course and you know look it's all very romantic but I, I would have like, I mean, it, it, it is, it is when he, when he immediately, like I was watching this movie with Chris, my husband, who's in the four years of that we've done this podcast has never listened to the show and will never listen to it. <laughs> my husband and I were watching this movie and when she falls into that sand pit and he goes in after her, I was like, babe, if I was, and I didn't even get the sentence out. I was like, babe, if I was, if I fell into a sand pit and he was like, He's like, hell no, I would not jump in after you. I'd poke that sand with a stick and I'd go, hey, I would try to grab it, but I would not go in there after you. Oh my wow. gosh, but you've known him for like 20 years or something. He's like, like come I'm on. sorry. It was nice knowing you. I love you. I'm not 
gonna fucking go to his <laughs> outfit after you. You carried his three children. I know. I carried three of his children. I had three of his offspring surgically removed from my body, and the man will not <laughs> grab a vine and jump in a sand pit after me. Uh, grounds for divorce. I don't know, right? Just um, watch to test that theory. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, Sarah, what else you got on your list? Well, okay, before we get to the pit of despair. Right. Okay. So, I, what I do about- have something I want to talk oh, about. Go ahead. Go ahead. Is this about the fire, fire swamp? No. Okay. I think we need to talk about this. Well, there's two things I really want to tackle before we get to the pit of despair. Number okay. one, while there's not a lot to not a lot of feminist material to chew on in this movie, I think we can all agree with that. I think there's a lot to talk about uh, in regards to masculinity. Mm. Like, what is masculinity in this movie? How is it portrayed? Uh, what does it mean to be a man in The Princess Bride? I think there's a lot to chew on here, and I like what they have to say about it. Any thoughts on that? Um, I find the character of Inigo uh, very captivating because he, you know, has spent his whole life from when he was a child when his dad was killed, like with this, like I'm going to mm-hmm. kill the man who killed killed my fa 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 father, and I feel like that's something mm-hmm. that. Uh, I've seen a lot, I guess, before in the revenge, the revenge, avenging my father's death. Yeah, and then after he does it, he's like, "What do I do now?" Like, I don't know. Yeah, what to you do don't with usually see that, right? Yeah, the the you know the the lack of purpose after the revenge. Yeah. Um, uh, what about you, Justine? What do you think about like what does it mean to be a man in this movie? Hmm. That's a really good question. And I feel like it just is making me think about like what you said before about like good guys and bad guys. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I think of the men in this, I do think of them as the good guys as being like courteous. Yeah. They have a code. Yeah. Yeah. They have a code. Um, I think that. I think that what I see in this movie is masculinity being portrayed by all the typical tropes. Men in this movie are strong. They're proficient Mm -hmm. in weaponry and fighting. Um, They are quick witted They're, um, but they have a code. If you're the good guy, if you're a bad guy, uh, evil in this movie basically means cowardice, not playing Mm. by the rules. um, And that's cheating. And cheating, and- cheating to win. Yeah. But what I think that th- this movie says about masculinity that is that is co- that I love and is a example, I think, of a positive view of masculinity is that the men in this movie who are our heroes, their choices are motivated by love. Yes. And there's nothing about it that is possessive. Like Wesley isn't happy when Buttercup rides off. After, like they take Buttercup away after the fire swamp, but he doesn't stop loving her. He doesn't call her names. He doesn't become bitter. He doesn't fight with the guys. Like he, he knows that they are they belong together, and he's not his his masculinity isn't threatened by the fact that she says, "I just want to save your life. I'm going to go with him so that you will live." Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So all of Wesley's decisions are motivated by love. All of Fezzik, uh, Fezzik and um, 
Fezzik's decisions are motivated by his love for Indigo and their friendship. Mm-hmm. Um, Indigo's decisions are motivated by the love of, for his father. And also, I think the three of them have this beautiful little bromance going. Yeah, totally. And I think men are allowed to love each other and love the things, people in their lives openly in this movie. Yeah. And I think that's a beautiful view of masculinity that this movie has to show. Anyway. Yeah. So, uh, the other, so speaking of that, I, I, I just want to know, it seems like other people picked up on this, but the last time I watched this movie before today, which was with my daughter, it had been a long time. I was like, Oh, Humperdinck and the count are a couple. <laughs> I, it's I like that, that one scene, that like one line of yes. like, you know. At, at the tree. <laughs> line? He's where he says, where, uh, well, it's not just that. I actually feel like they have, I feel like they have a, a romantic chemistry for the whole movie. Like the way that they look at each other, uh, the way that they have this like secret way to communicate yeah. with they their body this. language. They're connected in a way that's beyond like a boss underling relationship. Yeah. Well, but, what's the line? If you, if you don't have your health, you, you don't, don't have, have anything. anything. <laughs> well, it's, I feel like it starts for me with where they're at the tree mm-hmm. and the count is like, do you want to come down and join me in the, in, in the torture pit? And, uh, and Humperdinck is like, you know, I love to watch you work. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, hang on. And then Humper, and you know, they're talking about how he's got so much to do and he's so stressed. And then, yeah. And then the count is like, well, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I was like, oh, they're a couple. And I think obviously Humperdinck wants to start a war. So that's why. But I was like, oh, he's got to murder his wife because he's expected to marry. Mm-hmm. But he wants, but he's in love. But him and the Count are together. But they can't be together because in this world, that's not okay. Yeah. I, that's how well, I he felt. Also, well, he also wants to murder his wife to start a war. Yeah. He does. For whatever reason. But he's also not interested in her remotely sexually because he's already yeah. in, he's already in a relationship with someone else that he can't be with. And I know that this is not explicit in the movie, but I feel like it's not allowed to be explicit in this movie because of the time period that we're in. But I feel like there's it's very clear to me that they are a couple. Yes. And they're and that they uh, and and I do think and this goes back to our discussion as well of what we the discussion we had with Ava Davis about all about Eve and how gay and lesbian characters are not allowed to uh, be open in a lot of films and also usually have to be the bad guys. Yep. Mm-hmm. And yes. I feel like this is a case where you have two characters, which I don't know if the actors I don't know who decided this, but I feel like it's very palpable, 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 the it's not a bromance. It's not a professional vibe. I feel like there's a romantic connection between them and that also characters like that are often the bad guys. The gays are evil. You know, it's it's in the way it's in it's yeah. So I, I feel like that I feel like that's I feel like that's present in the movie. I don't know. What do you guys think? That didn't occur to me, but it makes sense. But those things tend yeah. not to occur to me. Sorry, sorry, didn't didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, no, yeah, I definitely. I feel like it's one of those things that, like, yeah, if you watch the movie enough, you're like, these two, eh? <laughs> these two, these two are an item. Welcome to Plug It Up. This is the part of the show where we talk about uh, where you can see cool things 
that our guests are doing and some cool things that we're doing. Uh, Justine, tell us, uh, what would you like to plug? Yeah, I am doing a couple things. Uh, first of all, I want to say you guys are the first people I'm actually telling about Ooh. our Pot Appetit rebranding. Yay! So exciting! <laughs> we are coming back as Pot Appetit Gourmet Takes. We Ooh. are watching a whole new variety of food media like Hulu shows, YouTube mm -hmm. channels, and getting away from that icky Bon Appetit brand. <laughs> yeah, I, I, see, I see what the need of the rebranding is. Yeah, there's some awkwardness there. I saw it all happening on Twitter and I was like, oh, God. Oh, I have yes. no idea. I'll, I'll 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 look this up after. Sorry, keep going. Yeah. Um. So we can still be found on all our social media handles, of course, as at uh, pod underscore appetite. That part's mm -hmm. not changing. We're still pod appetite, but as you should. Yeah. Take that name and make it positive. <laughs> yes, positively focusing on people actually doing good, actually mm -hmm. covering chefs of color. You know. Mm -hmm as we navigate yeah. this landscape and we definitely like to get the audience involved. So hit us up on, tell us what shows you want us to cover and recipes that we'll be making. And it's at pod appetite. Uh, can you say that? At pod underscore appetite. Nice. At pod underscore appetite. Excellent. Um, and incidentally, Justine, I also enjoy just watching you bake things because I went vegan. Oh yeah. Last year. And all the, and I and I enjoy watching all your vegan treats that you make. Sorry, I was making sure that the handle was right. I haven't <laughs> had to say it in two months. Oh God, I totally get it. I've re I've been doing this show for four years, and I still have to write down all of our handles. Um, uh, anything Anything else to plug? Yeah, I also will. Uh, you can find me streaming on Twitch uh, Mondays. Nice. For Minecraft Mondays at uh, the Brother HQ, I stream with Tanner. Uh, oh, fun! Minecraft. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Is that like for grownups or uh, do or can kids? Is it a kid friendly show? Um, it's like PG thirteen. I'd say that's cool. That's All right, her, so maybe I'll let yeah. I'll let my ten year old watch it. Yeah, we do like yeah. a chill stream on Mondays for Minecraft Monday. That sounds awesome. Cool. I love it. Well, uh, thank you, Justine, for telling us about the cool things that you're doing. Well, thank um, you for having me here. Oh, my God. Thank it's you been for amazing being here. Having it's been you awesome. Here. We're going to have to have you back on. I feel like I, I, I remember when you guys did Splash mm -hmm. and we've been talking about doing Splash. Oh, my gosh. For a long time. And we yes, still haven't we have. done it. But I feel like I, I feel like you we got to have you back on to do Splash because <laughs> that course. movie. Has it's a, there's a lot to un there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> Um, all right, so a couple things. Sarah, do you have anything you'd like to plug? You got your blog and stuff, right? Blog, yeah. www.sarahallisonhodges.com. Blog, sometimes. Blog it up. Working on a book right now. And uh, and you just, you're th you've got a new book you're outlining new, as well. Working on a new book, yeah. A new sci-fi hit period piece. I don't know. It's, it's going it. cool. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so check out Sarah's blog. Uh, she's a wonderful writer and uh, go go check that out. Uh, so a couple things I'd like to plug. Well, one of the things I like to plug is Mining for Gold and Improv Jam, which is an yes. improv jam that I've been doing with some pals over Zoom uh, during quarantine. It's uh, 
every Wednesday starting at 9.30. It's uh, live streamed. It's super fun. And that's last 9.30 it, p.m. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and if you go, I, sometimes I forget I'm in my bubble of Eastern Standard Time. But yes, it's 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. Mining for Gold. Uh, if you go to Facebook and look up Mining for Gold and Improv Jam, uh, there's a Facebook live stream there and also it'll re- they'll replay it. So uh, even if you missed it, you can always watch one in the re- replay. But it's really fun. Last week got fucking crazy. It went, it got fucking crazy. It was, I laughed so hard, you guys. Um, People were really on top of their game last week and it's just a fun time. Uh, So if you're laying around on Wednesday and you're like, man, I need to laugh, uh, check out Mining for Gold and Improv Jam. Um, I'd also like to plug uh, our Critical Crop Top, which is the production company that produces uh, this podcast, (laughs) uh, but also some other things. So um, Critical Crop, we recently started releasing... uh, footage or uh, edited footage of course of the sketches that we did during our live show for so from 2016 to 2018 we did a number of live comedy shows that were not seen unless you actually went to the fucking show and now we're releasing the sketches so um we have met we have many we have so many sketches i'm releasing them every week Woo! So, uh, yeah uh, every week on the youtube channel so if you go to youtube and find our channel. We're Critical Crop Top. You can watch our sketches. A new one comes out every week. You can li- you can listen to this podcast and watch the vidcast. So if you're listening to us, you can also look at our faces uh, on YouTube. Uh, so I, I, all of the podcasts that we're currently doing, we're recording a video portion, and it's going up on YouTube, and you can see it on the Critical Crop Top YouTube channel. So, uh, or you can follow us at Critical Crop Top on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Also, I love donating to Critical Crop Top. Uh, actually, that's do- Justine has been such a huge supporter of us, you guys. Like, Justine has donated to our crowdfunding campaign. She has donated like stuff of our Amazon wish list. Thank you so much for yes, that. Thank you so much, Justine. Um, I love and you guys. You, I, love I love you too. <laughs> um, and. If, if any of you guys are interested in, in donating to Critical Crop Top, which produces the show and the, and sketches and films and et cetera, um, you can go to our website, www.criticalcroptop.com, and just look for the little donate tab. It's tax deductible, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, another thing I'd like to plug, I'm sorry I've got so many plugs this week. I feel like such a, such a, a talky bitch right now. <laughs> um, Sarah and I, so you may remember... On our last episode, we joked about starting a podcast where we only watch Adam Driver and Andy Samberg movies called the Adam and Andy podcast. And we fucking did it. Like we fucking started a podcast. It's real. (laughs) It's a thing that exists. We recorded an episode. It's out Uh, there. It's out there. So if you like us love Andy Samberg and Adam Driver enough to only watch their (laughs) movies and talk about them. And if you uh, like us. And if you like us, if you like this show, uh, expect more of the same with maybe just a, a skosh more thirst, um, a lot more thirst. Oh, and yeah. uh, <laughs> we, uh, you can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram um, at Adam and Andy Podcast, and you can find us on Twitter um, at Adam Andy Pod which I know is kind of weird. Twi- uh, but also, Twitter has the shorter name rule. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how to... Okay, Adam Andy Pod. Uh, but we're posting pictures, memes, yes. fun things. Yes, oh my things. gosh. Oh, I'm Nicole runs those, <laughs> those accounts and they're hilarious, the stuff she posts. I, 
and you know, honestly, there's a wealth of content about these guys already on Twitter. So sometimes it's just retweet retweeting funny shit that I find. Yeah. Um, but also there's the podcast. We've got one preview episode up. Um, and then the first official episode is coming out in September, which is when this show will be going up. So a week after this episode that you're hearing right now, uh, you will be able to um, actually, yeah, a week after this episode, which you're listening to right now, uh, you will be able to listen to the first episode of the Adam and Andy podcast, which what film are we doing, Sarah? What film are we watching first? Oh, my God. What is the name of it? What's the name of it? Um, that's my boy. Oh, that's my boy. With Adam Sandler and With Andy Adam Samberg. Sandler and Andy Samberg. So we'll be watching Adam Sandler and Andy Samberg, and that's my bo- boy. And then on that show, we'll spin a wheel to find out what Adam Driver movie we're watching. Wow. After. I do yeah. love a wheel spin. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. it's totally random. We put all of their their whole... We put about six films at a time and TV shows, uh, their filmography on a wheel, and we spin to see which one we're watching next. That's how we're deciding what we're watching <laughs> i'm excited uh, about that that's my boy because i would have never ever ever watched that if we hadn't done this podcast look i have low hopes for that's my boy uh but <laughs> i but i do love andy sandberg so i'm sure i will enjoy it um and if you want to listen to that show we are na- we are on apple Podcasts, we are on stitcher and we're also on spotify as i Ooh. found out today we're now on spotify so check out the adam and andy podcast uh and then of course uh you can also follow this podcast the one that you're listening to currently uh the feminine mistake podcast you can find us on facebook and instagram at feminine mistake pod and you can find us on twitter at fem mistake pod where you can talk to us about the princess bride did we ruin your childhood uh, <laughs> is- i hope not I hope we didn't. Uh, how hot is Wesley? Uh, should <laughs> we be wary? Is he hot or not? Uh, I'm in the hot. Sarah's in the not. He's Justine, hot. Justine, I think, He's think Justine falls in the... It's in the hot, yeah. In the hot. So we got two hots and a not. So hey, or he's two hot. Hots, I'm not saying two he's hots not hot. hot <laughs> two hots and a hot, but, but you're, but you're but wary a dick. of it. Hot but a dick. <laughs> Hot but a dick. Okay, fair enough. Um, so so tell us what you think. Uh, and uh, of course, if you like the show, maybe consider leaving us a review. Please, Please. we beg of you. Please, positive we, review. We're not. We're we we're we're begging. We're begging a little bit. We're begging a little bit at this point. Please. <laughs> uh, okay. I that's that's all the plugs I've got to plug. I think. Um, so guys, come back next week. We're going to continue our discussion on The Princess Bride with Justine. Um, and we're going to get into some meaty topics. <laughs> juicy. <laughs> some juicy <laughs> topics. I have been building up a tolerance to meaty topics. As a vegan, I've been building up my tolerance uh, to meaty topics. And iocane powder. And iocane yeah. powder. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for no noticing that that was where I was going with that joke. Yes. <laughs> Picking up that ball for me.